In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We begin the liturgical year at the end of the age. This is profound because the narrative of Holy Scripture is urgent to set before us our end and the world's end as we have known it. God's good creation marred by sin and evil and groaning for its liberation is comforted in hope that new creation is our end and our home. The whole Christian revelation falls apart without the promise that the world will ultimately be set right, suffering and death vanquished, and our own selves resurrected in bodies incorruptible and perfected. We'll enjoy the direct and unmediated presence of the Lord forever. All of the life of discipleship is informed by, moves toward that hope. Evil and suffering, real though they are, will not ultimately triumph. Death and the grave are the next to the last things that happen to us. The declaration of the nature of Christ coming again in glory is not a far away wispy dream, not a threat of violent vengeance on the disobedient, but the very bedrock of why and how to follow Christ in our own present. How we live in the present with this good news. What we believe about our service and prayer and love for one another is is linked to what we believe is coming for us and for our world. We know God is God because God is a God of promise. And God keeps promises. Our hope for the future is grounded in our memory of God's saving acts. So we are not Christians in order merely for the afterlife payoff. But can we remain Christian without the promise that the world toward which we work and pray and groan is surely to come? That's the liturgical prelude. Now a prelude on this gospel reading. The Jesus of Nazareth, whom we read about in the Gospels, is sometimes jarringly and uncomfortably present and open. He keeps showing us and telling us who he is. He is also a mystery because we cannot fully comprehend his identity. He acts in surprising, even shocking ways. He does not bend to our ideas of Messiah or even much care about our ideas. He is simple, but never easy. Spend a lifetime pondering and living his words, and you will barely scratch the surface of their meaning. From beginning to end, he does the Father's will by modeling and proclaiming God's love for all. He announces that the kingdom way of love is alive in God's covenant faithfulness in a way of being human and in community that loves neighbor as self. 
the triumphant justification of us and the world and a new heaven and a new earth is coming, he proclaims. So our vocation is to live now in anticipation of what is to come. Our reading this morning confronts us with our finitude, that of the earth, and evokes the questions of meaning, the meaning of our own lives, the meaning of being on an earth that is passing away. The value of this apocalyptic speech is to awaken in us the seriousness of choice, the necessity of awakening to reality, the call to look and to see, to really look and really see. We wake up especially to those realities we would rather avoid that make us uncomfortable, that confront us with our duplicity, our double-mindedness. In using apocalyptic and forecasting for us the nature of life as it is to come, Christ is proclaiming that he believes in our choice sometimes more than we do. He sees our freedom at times when we would rather escape it. He's not going to force us into the ark of salvation, but it is there and we have to make a choice to enter it. Just as in his own day, these words of Jesus continue to shine the great light on our world through the receptive and willing. The good news is our greatest joy and hope. To those who are resistant, the same good news can stir confusion, misinterpretation, opposition, and even hate. This, this apocalyptic language is an example of how Jesus does not condescend to our categories of analysis. He does not give us straight and easy and discernible answers to our questions. Part of why beginning Advent with the apocalypse is so powerful is that we enter right away into a realm where time gets redefined. Answers become questions. Questions become answers. And our safe and small categories of truth and security are shattered in the light of God's wild and wide passion for the whole universe. In Advent, we do away with the introductory pleasantries and plunge right into the nature of the paradox of the words themselves, which we will hear over the next four weeks. We are waiting for Christ. Christ is already here. We long to see the promise of our hope. We see it already. The hope of Advent is born in the meeting of our desire and God's desire. We send our waiting from the present into the future. God sends the kingdom of peace from the future to our present. They meet, and that meeting is called hope. In the meantime, this waiting is our surrender. This kind of waiting is not like waiting for the train. Advent waiting is the active, open-ended expectation of the real but unknown and unknowable. 
So for Christ, the human vocation is to enter into this disequilibrium, not avoid it or explain it away. We are most fully human when we know ourselves as creatures and entrust our mortal creatureliness to the one who made us and will make us anew. The good news is that the waiting is already the very offering that forms in us the eyes to see and the ears to hear Christ coming among us. There are many trials involved with this rating, the temptations to fall asleep or avoid or to distract ourselves with our many tasks. And so when we lapse into passivity and indifference, may Christ the prophet break in and steal our apathy and stir in us the cry, Come, Lord Jesus. When we are overly impressed with our own power and believe we know best how to fix the world, may Christ the Savior break in and steal our pride and groan within us, How long, O Lord? I conclude with this beautiful quote from Megan McKenna from her book, on the Sunday readings of Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany. Advent is about judgment, standing in the presence of the thief, the Son of Man, not flinching, looking God straight in the eye and rejoicing. The Holy One is coming to visit and is intent on stealing us away from all we are attached to, and binding us to one another in peace. Amen.